Hello and welcome to episode 3 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FBL as well as individually at Kylie FBL, at Mars05 and myself at The Marple Curse. Welcome to the show folks. Um, we had we all had reasonably good uh, game week ones but uh, how about you Kylie? Start us off, tell us how you got on and, and hopefully your hay fever won't play up too badly on you tonight. Yeah, apologies in advance if I end up sniffling all over the place. Uh, the pollen count is not my friend. So, yeah, this was a, a really nice way to start the season for many of us. I think I ended up on 92 points, which is kind of crazy because I think that's an overall rank of like 200k. Not that that matters so early in the season, but I think it just goes to show how high scoring this week was. Um, like many, I captained Salah. I went a 4-4-2, um, heavy on defence with uh, Van Dyke, Trent, uh, who did I have, Zinchenko and Tignier. Um And I had, um, I think it was nine of my 11 players delivered to me something. So I had Sterling, um, Salah, Mora and Wilson both just got the assist. Um, and then the the two that sort of didn't do anything were Perez and Jota, which is interesting because I, I thought that would be quite a high-scoring match, knowing what those two mm. teams are like. Sunday was a little bit of a, a boring day, um, fantasy-wise, given the highs of, of the previous two days. But, um, I mean, that's nearly a full house, so it, uh, nothing to complain about there, as, yeah. especially after last season. You definitely have to be happy with that. Um, I was four points behind you, and I'm about 100. Not that the rank really matters, but it does illustrate four points is 170,000 places approximately. Um, That's mad. That's so mad. The four points. But, um, yeah, I had Barkley. I had a 4-5-1 formation, big at the back, with um, all the big ones, really. Dinier, Robertson, Van Dijk, and... Um, Laporte at the back and then I had Pope in goal and I had Mora and Barkley alongside Sterling Captain Salah and who was my other, my other guy from my midfield um, but it's essentially anyway and then I went with Wilson up top it was, she it was didn't not go worth, Riki, right? No I didn't go Riki and I had debated sticking with that but I, I decided against it as much as I do love my boy Divock but <laughs> I you know I didn't I, I think I've kind of tried to let my head rule my heart a little bit. And um, I know that with Divock, as much as he's he's a great player and he's seen a load of new owners again going into game week two, um, I think he probably is a transfer waiting to happen. And it does tie up one of those Liverpool spots. But when he does play, he's I think he's I think he's gold. So um, and any injury to their front three for Liverpool, touch wood, great it doesn't shot. happen. It um yeah he'd be a great punt, um or a great short term fix because five point five Liverpool attacker brilliant, but um yeah no the game week was good it was a little bit disappointing in the um in my Barkley Mora Perez um, Mora didn't do bad with the with the assist, but um but yeah with Kane doing that getting the double it was um my my attempt to kind of cover Kane with Mora definitely didn't work. 
Um, but we'll we'll touch on all that later on. Marzi, you're the top uh, amigo of the game week, as you're no doubt going to tell us also. How many points did you get, and who did you get it on with? Yeah, keep the best to last. Yeah, oh, that's not- it, always. <laughs> 94 points, so very similar to you guys. Uh, main difference is probably I went boomerang up front uh, instead of Wilson. So I went boomerang and King. Really, the idea, I mean, you know, and I talked about it on the pod and on Twitter, my, I was always saying Kane, uh, oh, a premium striker, and Kane was the main one. And then I, I guess I got greedy. Um, I wanted to cover both Arsenal and Spurs because I thought, Arsenal had two good opening fixtures. Spurs had the first opening picture and then City, which I think will be an attacking game anyway. Um, so I thought, OK, I'll get Mora and, and Aubameyang to cover for... Um, and hopefully that covers Kane. It worked out in the end uh, because Boomerang scored and, uh, you know, I was only two points below. But the, my plan is always to bring in Kane uh, as of game week three. And then Mora was more of a... A placeholder, really. It's, he's a good price. He's a placeholder for anybody that shines at 7.5, like a Martial or somebody like that, or even below. Mm. Um, and I was just happy with the first... I would be happy with the first two fixtures. The only reason I would jump right now is if if, if I get a hint of price rises, because my initial plan was to keep 0.5 in the bank, but I couldn't. Um, so I just have to be careful because I don't want to be priced that so early. No, you don't want to be priced. And uh, they, it worked out very nicely, actually, for because that was my thoughts um, in a lot of my drafts was Aubameyang and Mora to cover off the two and then to move to Kane. But in a way, it worked out very nicely for you because, as you said, the Mora to um, Marshall move and then Aubameyang to Kane um, could work very, very nicely uh, from game week three. Uh, and as you said, I think the Man City game will be attacking for, for all of the attacking assets for City or for Spurs. Um, you, you wouldn't be surprised for them to do something in that either. Um, but uh, great stuff, folks. Let's move on to the rest of the show. So um, first of all, we want to cover off the early standings in our Three Amigos Classic League, the code for which is DJKK19. And um, you have until the international break, Marzi, isn't that right? And we're going to close that one off for, for entries. Yeah, the the game week after the international break will be the uh, so during the international break will be the last time to join. Yeah, so we, we like nice we, we do we do like to keep it um, where it's our listeners and you know and people that are there from the get go. So um so do try to get in there and get into that league. Um, the top of the table actually there was a lot and and significantly enough there was an awful lot of chips actually played in game week one. Um, I noticed an awful lot of people in the FPL community and that certainly had played through in our league. Because all, to- all, all of the top five actually used either triple captainships or bench boosts. Um, and it worked out quite well for some, including FBL Mavericks is top of the table. And they actually tripled um, Sterling in game week one, which is which turned out to be inspired. Because 20 points, you're going to be happy with that pretty nice much. Nice one. You're, nice you're not really going to get that beaten um, over the course of the season. Even in double game weeks, 20 points would be a nice haul for your triple captain. Um, well, so, it's, um, it's also slightly higher than that even, right? Because a lot of people will, will triple captain a popular captain uh, later in the season. Um, mm. So Sterling wasn't as highly captained as, say, Salah this week. No, exactly. So, so it's a bigger bump, yeah. Yeah, so you've you've 20 on a few, 40 on, you know, quite a lot, and then you've 60 on people who didn't have him at all. So it, mm. it's quite a good way to start the season. 
It is. It's interesting. It's an interesting policy. And I know one of the things also it does is when you do, when the chips are gone earlier, you're not kind of playing, you might be holding on to a player or, you know, developing your whole strategy about having such and such a player for this game week coming up in four or five game weeks. Um, and if that doesn't work out, you know, sometimes you know, using the chip earlier can definitely work, and it definitely did for FBL Mavericks. Um, the bench boost is a little bit more of, if if I'm looking at it, I would find a harder one to understand because I wouldn't really think game week one as being a particularly easier game week to predict who's going to be starting. Um, I know you're going to probably avoid injuries, but um, but definitely uh, definitely isn't with with the likes of Alonso and these ones not playing at all in uh, in in game week one. Uh, it was a bit of a strange one to me to see people doing that. But um, um, the second place anyway in our league is Gloria. That's Papa Tiburu Cyprian, um, and Real Social Dad um, Richard Everson's team is um, he's in third spot, and Cat and Ward Prowse Richard Howley's team is in fourth with Davlers Dragons. Neil Davies team um, wrapping up the top five um, so do join that at code for it again DJKK19 um, or check it out at our Three Amigos FBL handle we do have that in our bio um, folks let's move on to the next section of the show and um, a lot of a lot of people like sometimes they might be feeling agitated they might be feeling stressed and they might annoy like their wife their friends a stranger on the bus you know have a bit of a rant at them and start moaning and groaning but Marzi is an alternative Marzi actually decided to get himself on an FBL podcast so that he'd be able to torture the rest of us with his um, with his build-up of fantasy angst. So, Marzi, um, for the first time in the regular season, take it away for your Mars's rant. Yeah, actually, you're going to be surprised. This is, uh, this is um, uh, not what you expect. But uh, for me, the one thing that I really want to touch on is VAR. And you'll be surprised what I'm about to say because... For the love of God, let's stop complaining about VAR because we just need to deal with it. And the other thing is what I've seen, which made me absolutely laugh, is VAR has ruined FPL. I mean, which, <laughs> it, in what world has VAR ruined FPL? I mean, come on. So dramatic. Some of, some of us don't even check the score. Okay, I'm not on Twitter. We're all on, on the scores and we know everything that's happening. But some of us, some people don't even check their scores until the next day. They wouldn't even know if somebody... If they had points that were taken, I mean, it's, it's straight away as well. I mean, listen, I'm not. I think it's it's a good thing, but they need to to. It's it's still in 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 progress. In teething mode. Exactly. This this yeah. Sterling the Sterling one really annoys me, and I'm not even a City fan, but I mean, it's an RP. I mean, come on. But for example, like you know the 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 Dundonka goal. If they say in every handball is a is a is not allowed, then that that that's fair. That's it's actually saved. Whether you agree with it or not, it saved Leicester a point uh, or two points because they got a draw. Because had they, it was if there was no VAR and they scored, um, they would have lost that game, right? So sometimes, yes, we, we all want the emotions and this, the and, and this uh, you know um, <clears throat> emotions on on the touchline and and in the stadium and when you're watching. But at the end of the day, if my team lost because of VAR, I'll be really pissed off. Just like now we're getting used to the fact that there is uh, goal line technology. And believe me, we would have had a couple of goals if it wasn't for goal line technology. Would, mm. would, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So we, and and, the, and the other thing is... And get used to it. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, um, we've gotten used to the idea of your team scores. You automatically might look at the lines. I mean, there is a delay of a moment or so while you're seeing, is, it, is there any going to be a problem with this before you really let loose? 
And in a way with VAR, all you're doing is you're just, you're doing that same thing, but you're just waiting for the confirmation from the ref that he's actually pointing towards the centre circle. The, hope, bit more the delay, hope is but... it will get better. And I think it will help more than it will hinder later mm-hmm. on, you know, could save teams from relegation or whatever. And we want, we want the right outcome. But like I said, you know, that Sterling RP, I mean, luckily it made no difference to the game because City yeah. walked it. But we don't want that because that's just ridiculous. You want something clear cut. You want black and white so we know. Uh, 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 fair result, black, yeah. A fair result. Black and white that the linesman might not have spotted or the referee and they needed some help. That's fine, you know. Uh, and we'll go, but, but this, this, I understand if people for the real game are worried about the emotions, but telling me it ruins FPL. Come on, seriously. Yeah. I mean, the reality is most other sports have had some form of, you know, um, VAR or you know Hawkeye and all of these sorts of things. This sort of technology um, and process has been used. It's used in like rugby. It's normal. It's so it's normal for it to be introduced it. here. It's an expensive game, and, and by that I mean you know whether people whether teams stay up or go down. Like it has a huge impact, and we have seen matches where seemingly unfair results have had a huge impact on the outcome for a team. So it'll there will be teething issues while they get used to it. Just hashtag uh, Shisha like, and Chill, people. Hashtag Shisha yeah. and Chill. Shisha and Chill, and that's going to be the name of this podcast. Um, <laughs> 100%, yeah. But, uh, folks, let's move on to the big topic of the week. Um, and in this section of the show, we always put aside some time to discuss the big talking points going around the FBL community on Twitter. This week, it is very much relating to how much reaction is merited following a single week of, of action. We don't have a whole lot of stats, basically, and we're uh, and a whole lot of thing to go on, and yet people are ripping up drafts and talking about ripping up drafts and looking at their wild card and every other kind of drama. We've we've a couple of a couple of messages came in on our listener questions, and I'm going to give them a quick read out now. Ignorant player at ignorant player was saying, please tell managers that they need to save this week's free transfer. I'm done tweeting about it. FBL crate digger, uh, digger at John Smith Spurs was saying, is game week two too early to wildcard? He's asking for a friend. <laughs> we'll do our best to um, calm those nerves over the next 40, 45 minutes or so. Um, but um, Marzi and Kylie, first of all, there was a couple of the darlings or some of the pre-season um, the pre-season favourites, shall we say, the enablers, the people, the players who look great based on their price tag or maybe new opportunities um, or maybe playing out of out of position. But um, some of them maybe failed to bring home many points in the coming game week. We mentioned a couple of them in our intro and some unexpected heroes emerged. Um, success and failure often comes down to getting on hot players at the right time and also having patience with others who maybe are not getting the returns that their performance deserves. And um, we're going to touch off on a a few of these players and we're going through them basically we're going to look at them based on whether they're studs maybe if they're the Man United players I know we have a whole dedication towards and also those bargain bucket players who definitely kicked some ass in in game week one I'll come to you first Kylie on it and this is the stud alert and there's no Olivier Giroud in here I'm sorry to say but we do have inaccurate we do, yeah, we do have Salah, Sterling, and Kane. Um, the stars of FBL. Is there a case for managers who decided to go with uh, without any without any of this trio, admitting their mistake and rectifying it with only one game in the can? Um, I'm looking at particularly like the likes of people who might have just said, right, um, KDB will be able to cover Sterling, 
or yeah. somebody, you know, this kind of situation. Are, is, are them three players in particular worthy of people really kind of reevaluating their strategy if they don't have them at this point? Okay, so I guess what I would say, and all of this really comes down to the, the point you alluded to there, which is that we have such a limited data set. But on the premiums, I'll just quickly touch on Salah because you have mentioned him there, and I think this is more relating to Kane and Sterling than Salah, although I think his ownership, Salah's ownership was only something like 35% or something to start the season. So there are plenty of people who don't actually have him. Um, on him, if you didn't choose Salah, then I would call him an exception to the rule in that, yes, I would be considering bringing him in. Or maybe you look at Mane now if you think that Mane's sort of ready to go and start the next match. But I think if you didn't go with Liverpool attack, I'd question why because they do have good fixtures and they don't really have a lot of backup. I mean, these are players that, other than so for Mane in, in game week one, we were very confident that he wouldn't start, right? But with someone like Salah, we did feel very confident that he would start. So I I'd, I think maybe your long-term strategy, maybe you have reasons why you don't want to own him, but I, I think that it's something I would want to rectify quickly because I think that that can do a lot of damage not having him and he didn't perform in a way that was unexpected. So they still have good fixtures to go. Um, and I, that is one move that I would kind of try and resolve quite quickly. Um, Carly, Kane, you, sorry, just, yeah. sorry, just quickly. Do you think some people are trying to prove a point? Very like, possibly. I yeah. can, I can, I can do well with that pick and Salah because I, sometimes it comes across like that. I'm not saying everybody is, but I, 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 sometimes I get the feeling that people are trying to prove something. I mean, what, what, what's the point? I guess if you want to play the list, it's, it's, everybody's it's, it's their own game. And if people want to play the game differently, fine. But I mean, you, you're, you're, you're trying to start with the hard way. In a way, I guess if, you, if, if you're playing like that, just something that I, I thought. No, you are absolutely, like, without coming across, across too harsh here, yeah, you are setting yourself up for a difficult challenge. Of course, there was the possibility that Salah might not deliver something against Norwich. But realistically speaking, the chances were very good that he would. And so that's what I mean when I say we, I, I don't think we have new information here um, about Salah. I, I really think that people should have been starting with him from the beginning. I know some people looked at triple Liverpool defence. But um, so I think maybe this there could possibly have been an element of stubbornness there. Uh, in, in not choosing him, and I, I think that is something that people who want to give themselves an easier start and sort of stay with the pack should probably look at correcting and, and maybe going, mm, I, I was a little bit stubborn there, because I just think it's not that it can't be done um, and that you can't have success, but I, I do think that you're making it a lot more difficult for yourself, potentially. Mm. I think Kane and... Yeah, sorry. No, go on, Carly, go on. No, it's just going to say I think Kane and Sterling somewhat different uh, matter, right? Because there were a lot of people who went Salah and then went either Kane or Sterling. I went Sterling. I didn't have Kane. Um, did any of us have Kane? I know no. Mars didn't in the end, right? So none of us went Kane. I had not, but I had a premium. I, I, I but you had him I in your you draft. Cover, yeah. No, you can cover a premium because it didn't have to be Kane. I guess the idea was to have Salah, Sterling plus another premium. 
Yes, and you've uh, you've you've allowed yourself room to be able to bring Kane in, um, but I think because Kane and Sterling um, outside of Salah were the two that really delivered, um, and and they would have been the two that people were most scared of in terms of their ability to deliver. And we know that there are challenges around fitting all three in. Um, depending on the structure of the team that you want, you do have to make sacrifices in one way or the other, whether you have one of them or, or whether you have both. Um, but I guess my thinking is that it would be really costly to restructure it in the next week. And so there's a few factors to consider there, right? They're both expensive players. So unless you've got some exorbitant – unless you, now, in your situation, Mars, for example, that is slightly different. If you wanted to, right, you could go from Aubameyang to Kane because you have a premium there. But the majority of people in that situation probably don't. They probably would have to make a couple of moves to free up some funds because it's unlikely they've got all that money to go from King or someone like that to Kane sitting in the bank or likewise with Sterling. So if you're going to do that, you're probably you going to have to take some hits in all likelihood. And they're playing each other this week. And... The reality is it could be a very attacking game. One of them could score. Both of them could score. Neither of them could score. The reality is we don't know. So it's not like you're going from somewhat, you you know, you're going and making all this effort and um, taking hits to bring in Kane against Norwich or Sterling against whoever. They're playing each other. So it just seems to me that it, it does sound boring Right, but in this instance, if you do feel that you are going to want to make some kind of a structural move to bring one of those big hitters in that you don't have and you can't do in a single move, I really would advocate for sitting on that, watching the game, and then going into the third round when they have better fixtures, both of them, mm-hmm. um, with two free transfers. And then, you know, if you have to take a hit, I think it's worth taking a hit for a premium you feel is going to justify it. But, you know, you're yeah, giving you yourself... Yeah, you could do them in your wild card. You could exactly. do them in your wild card, right? You've then also, because the reality is to do that, that second move is going to require you to bring in some form of budget player somewhere or, or dramatically reduce someone down to free up funds. And you want a bit of information about who the optimal person is that enabler is going to be to assist you in making that decision. So with something like that where you go, okay, yeah, I've gone this way, but I do think that maybe I should have gone for the all the premiums. I'm going to restructure. I think the information and the free transfer are going to be really helpful, and I just don't think that it's worth doing all of this heavy lifting with your team for a week when they're playing each other. It could yeah. totally work out to do a mini wildcard there. But I think 100% I think it's um, great points because I think that you could even you could get yourself prepared either banking a transfer or doing a transfer that will aid Enable you to make one, that yeah. move next yeah. week and um, whether it's downgrading another position so that you're you know but but I think yeah banking if at all possible 
Um, but yes, the, the um, and it, again, it is the benefit, of course, of doing the strategy like Mars did. And we, we did talk about the benefits of investing money in a premium forward so that if you do have more flexibility in moving backwards and forwards between um, and getting in the likes of Kane or Aguero, if they start banging and if they're hitting those those cushy um, fixtures. The, um, the Marzi, I want to move on to uh, Manchester United in particular. We're calling this one Red Alert. Um, and we're talking about, I know the Chelsea-Man United game was definitely it was a little bit of a scouting mission for, for us FPL managers with both teams featuring a lot of players with very low price tags, a lot lower price tags than we're used to seeing from Chelsea or Man United. Um, but uh, Dave Campbell at Dave2THEC was asking, is it worth transferring out Perez for Marshall for a minus four hit? And FPL Nylock was asking why everyone, why is it that everyone wants Marshall as it felt that Rashford was more likely to score? Um, he's thinking maybe because he's a Marshall owner, the grass is always greener, might be affecting him. Um, but he can see, of course, Marshall being one mil cheaper and a midfielder. It could well be the, the way to go. But, um, what was your thinking, Mars, on the Chelsea Man United match and in particular the Man United players that who performed well and scored well? And um, what's your thinking of them from an FBL point of view? So, <clears throat> yeah, before I touch on that, I just want to say, like, when we find ourselves with high-scoring game weeks and think of transfer, transfers, Mother Mary comes to us and says, speaking word of wisdom, just let it be. Have a little patience. I know we're hurting from points that we've lost. I'm feeling your frustration, but we're begging you, stop doing early transfers, managers. We're begging you to take a chill pill and wait. We're riding high when we're kings. We played it hard and fast because we had everything, all the free transfers. We walked away with 80 plus points, but easy come and easy go and it could end. So why any time I flop, you let me go? You let them go. Just give them a chance. You never know. And if after four weeks, um, they're still flopping, say, yo, stop right now. Thank you very much. I need somebody with a scoring touch. I'm not wasting time chasing points. Right, so... <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Oh, can I just ask you, John, do you know who sang that last one by any chance? Um, that was the Spice Girls, Mar- or Kylie. Oh, very good. <laughs> no, actually, I'm doing it. homework. I, I, I'm not wasting time chasing points. It's not, it's not um, Spice Girls. I was saying that one. That was... <laughs> right. So, yeah. there's, I think I've captured the feeling of a lot of managers there, right? Because we have managers begging people not to sell players. We're having managers saying, well, this player flopped. Why should I wait? We're saying managers have some patience. We're having managers saying, well, I want to play my own game. And you know what? I agree with all of them. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, I don't want to, it's, it's all about the money and I don't want to lose a point one. So I have to monitor what others are doing. Play your game. I mean, it, it is once one game. I mean, I've had discussions with people where they say Paris is a flop. I mean, guys, it's one game. He's just started for a new club. Yeah, and he's, he's playing against a team that might beat my team tomorrow, so I can't diss them too much, but they struggled on the counter for a team that loves to counter. I mean, is it, is it really beyond the possibilities that Perez scores against Chelsea? No. Is it beyond the possibilities that Mora scores against City? No. It could be a high-scoring game. Um, you know, for me, I, if, if my plan was to wait for two, two to three game weeks, then make moves. However, you have to react to the transfer activity in the markets, and if you don't want to be priced out, then you need to make a move. 
right? So, and I completely mm-hmm. agree with Kylie. By waiting, the the whole point of me waiting was to see if there is a a four or a four point five coming up. Yeah. Right. Like you know. So now we have Adrian. We have uh, Montoya from Brighton. You know, could he? Uh, I've got him, but. Yeah, he's good. I've got a nice clean sheet, but is he going to be consistent? Is he going to be played? Because I guarantee you, some of the players that started the first game week will not start the second game week because you have other players that are bedding in, coming back. Um, you know, we have the the AFCON players, the new players that are still getting used to the system. Two, three Apparently game we weeks. We do then... not have optimised starting 11s for every absolutely, team. No way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm seeing people talking about Lundstrom right now. The guy is a four mil defender. If you're relying on him for your team, but if you're relying on him for your team, there's something wrong. I mean, it's a bonus to me, honest. Anything that he gets, and I understand why people are discussing him. You've got Sheffield. It's funny. The funny thing is, you've got FPL fans bigging him up because he's four mil and he played well. You've got Sheffield United fans saying, "Now he won't start again." And people are like, "Oh, I want to start him against Palace." Marzi, I had a guy. I saw a guy on Twitter asking um, asking another account whether um, whether to pay Perez or Lundstrom in game week two, oh. and like know, that, it, it pretty much sums it up perfectly because Perez. There's a reason why you had Perez in your team, and it wasn't for yeah. game week one. It was for that he's out of position, that he's playing for a very very good team, a very good attacking team. There are very good yeah. reasons why you have him in for game week one, and they haven't changed from because he was substituted and didn't do anything in the first game. I also think there's an expectation management piece here because I know we all get excited when the game starts again, right? But mm. at, at the, those kind of price points, right, when we're talking like 6.5 and below especially, yeah. for you to expect a return every single week is... I'm sorry, but it's a yeah. bit of lunacy. These players. The only, it's only so from three or four players, isn't it? It's only three or four players in exactly. the game that you expect exactly. returns. That, every week, and we do like much. in in many seasons we see this absolute legend come out. You know, we saw it Mares seasons ago. We saw it King and um, Fraser last year, where it wasn't every single week, right? But it was phenomenal returns, and that can happen. But it's still not every single week. And that is a rarity. These players are priced Mm. at this point for a reason, whether it's question marks over whether they'll play or because they're they're not especially attacking or they're not playing for an attacking or a top six side. So we do have to, like, you have to kind of caution yourself a little bit there, especially if it's the first week. If you've had them for weeks and weeks and they're not doing anything or you've had them a couple of weeks and someone else in the meantime has consistently been performing, then, yeah, okay, you know, you want to jump on those opportunities. We all do. But, you know, one game week is not enough information. We've Mm. seen teams perform in ways, but Bournemouth, right? Bournemouth are a traditionally attacking team, but they're also capable of, frankly, being crap on occasion. We've seen that before. That doesn't mean that, you know, these players are no longer viable. I could see Wilson, Fraser, King delivering next game week, by the way. Running them up. Absolutely running them up. It would be so And the Wolves, the Wolves guys too. And the Wolves, yeah. I mean, listen, I like, so we talk, actually that's a good segue because we'll come back to the original question, which was about United and Chelsea, right? So yeah. that game, that game was really strange. I was sitting there watching it and I was bored. Actually, I thought the Arsenal-Newcastle felt like a pre-friendly, to be honest. I watched that as well. It, was, it felt like a pre-season friendly. That there, was, there was no pace in that game. Then I watched, the, uh, I was following the Leicester Wolves. I was like, nil, nil, what a boring Sunday. Then, Half of the United game, I was thinking they're going, right, you've got two teams. One, 
is defending pretty well, to be fair to them. You know, Biscuit was brilliant and they defended really well, but they couldn't, but they, uh, they had no midfield. Honestly, United at the beginning of the game, they, they just could not get the ball together. And then you had Chelsea who were attacking but couldn't score, but had really weak defence. And then it was, uh, listen, it was uh, for me, and people will say that I'm biased because I'm a Liverpool fan, but I, uh, I will come on to my team later, what I, what I thought of the game. But I, I genuinely thought 4-0 flattered United. And, and I, oh, thought so Chelsea, I thought Chelsea were a bit unlucky, but it doesn't matter in FBL terms. If you're a Rashford owner or Martial owner or a United defend, defender owner, you don't care. And honestly, even as a United fan, I wouldn't care because uh, if I was, I would, I'd be like, I've got the three points without playing that well. And De Gea looked good. Bissaka looked, like I said, their defenders looked good. Now, I thought Martial in, in the game looked pretty awful until he scored, to be honest. Um, I thought we saw the, the standard Pogba where he loses the ball so easily and then he will produce that amazing pass, the Pogba-Rashford uh, uh, partnership, and, and that was brilliant. Um, I, I, and I also thought we saw the, the Rashford, where sometimes he will score like he did and sometimes he will just do absolutely nothing and lose the ball. And genuinely, I think they will have a tougher game against Wolves. Let's see, but Wolves obviously got the Europa, although they are 4-0 up, so they can rest. But let's see. I think, don't get me wrong, at 7.5 and a striker for United... Martial is very, very tempting. And with their fixtures, if they keep this, you know, when you start winning with that, playing well, and then it builds that winning mentality. And, and you, you, we saw it last year with United, right? As soon as yeah, uh, Ole when came, he came in. Exactly. So they, and I want to I ride that wave. And that's the difference. The reason all of us, or most of us, scored quite highly is because the big boys delivered and we all have them in different combinations. Whether it's the Sterling and the Salah, the Liverpool defenders. I mean, I had... Van Dijk, you had Robo and Van Dijk, Kylie had Trent and Van Dijk. You know, so we all had similar players. The the the, the biggest difference will come when the seven point five and a six point five and a four point five that we don't have start delivering. And that's the wave that you want to ride. So that's what we're saying. Like sometimes like you that. need to wait and see where is that momentum. One game is not gonna tell you that. We no. just need to wait and see. Yeah, no, 100%. Marshall is very, very tempting at that, but I, if I was looking at him from, from a point, uh, which, which player do I want? It would be Rashford. And Rashford to move to Rashford from Wilson doesn't make sense to me with the Bournemouth fixtures and with like Wilson is as likely to score as Rashford is at this moment with the information that I have in front of me. And then the move to Marshall, like you said, I wasn't impressed with Marshall. I wasn't particularly impressed with Man United. Chelsea were a bit sloppy, a bit vulnerable. They oh, were they like could a, not defend. They were like a, but they kind of looked to me almost no like Norwich. They were nearly like Norwich. They were a team that were, they just didn't, they looked like they had all the heart, were trying, but they were just making silly mistakes at the back that were just letting a better team or a more experienced team in. And I know Man United had a lot of young players playing as well. But I wasn't thinking that Chelsea were that bad or that Man United were that good. The result probably was fair in who got the three points, but it wasn't really. Think about how thin that on experience that Chelsea backline was, right? Because um, obviously you have Aspilqueta, but Christensen, I'm not even going to talk about him, right? Because he's Mm -hmm. public enemy number one, who will never be forgiven. Um, but he's still young. You've Emerson, who was super attacking, but I think forgot he was a defender. And, you know, you don't have Rudiger or, you, or, or Louise. And uh, historically, certainly over the last couple of seasons, Chelsea have had a very consistent back line in terms of who has mm. played. So I know that obviously there was some 
mixing up of Emerson and Alonso last season. But typically they've been pretty reliable in, in terms of who is going to play. Um, they've Zuma in there now. So, you know, it's not that these are bad players or anything, but it's not a backline that we would traditionally see. They have a new manager. So there's a lot of different factors in there. They've got a whole host of different players who've never played all together in a team. They don't have a star player in the mm-hmm. likes of Hazard, right, who they're always just going to try and direct everything to. Um, and it's also a bunch of players who really wanted to stand out because you there's kind of impressive new balls, yeah. Yeah, and, and no one's nailed. There's no perception yeah. that any just, particular person is nailed, to, so to they wrap, all have to shine. Yeah. To wrap up that point, and sorry, we well, I know we went on a, a, a big discussion, but it was a great question, for, well, two couple of questions from from Dave, uh, from Dave, Dave to the sea. Uh, he was out, you know, the, the minus four. Personally, I don't think Perez to Martial is worth a minus four. I think you have a buy because you've got, um, United are playing Wolves. It's not the easiest of games, and Wolves got four points out of United last season. Um, now, obviously, from goal-scoring points of FPL, it, it's irrelevant for us if United win or lose. If they lose 4-3 and Martial gets a hat-trick, we're happy. But Perez is also going to Chelsea, who are not have not started great. And Leicester love to counter, and Chelsea have to attack because they don't want to lose again. So I think it's, you know, I would keep Perez and watch what Martial does. Then that gives you the, the, the third week where you can go and buy. Now, obviously, we have to put... a um, you know, I heard the word, I, I hate the word caveat, but in this term, we can use it, is the price rises. If you really want Martial for the long term, that's something different. Um, but I wouldn't say minus four is, 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 is the right way for me. And as what um, FPL Nilik is saying, just to wrap up, um, I can see why people want Martial because he's easier to afford. A lot of, of us have probably more uh, um, and we're thinking with City coming up or him maybe dropping when Song comes back, etc. I can see why there is a, and being the number nine. But I can also see why people want Rashford because he's a premium forward, just not at a premium price, in a top six club. So I, yeah. both of them make sense. But I would watch, I would wait and watch for both of them. Yeah, no, I, I agree myself now. Um, let's move on to the bargain alert. So, um, a lot of players did perform of the, the lower price bracket. Kylie Barnes, um, of course, one of the best players in the world at the moment. Uh-huh. Divock Origi, um, my son, who is fabulous in every way. And the, um, the man Sharp up front for Norwich, is he? Who was, who was, um, Sheffield. Sheffield, that's right. That's, yeah. yeah, Billy Sharp, that's right. I knew it was a fantastic name. It's like um, Roy the Rover's kind of footballer name. You probably don't know who Roy the Rover <laughs> no, is. Kylie, know, right, do you? Right. Oh, my God. Kylie, We've done it again. We've now, done it again. Can I, just, can I just say now, you can every time Don tells you off for not knowing a United player, you can say you did not even know Sharp played who Sharp played for, and you are hosting an <laughs> FAL podcast. I know, it's actually <laughs> disgraceful. What are you thinking of these bargain, these bargain players anyway, Kylie? Okay, well, so we start with, with Barnes, and a quick shout-out, of course, to Hindu Monkey on Twitter for his uh, Barnes train campaigning over the summer, <laughs> uh, which was extensive, and he put himself on the line hugely for that and absolutely got his reward there. So well done for that one. And I guess for anyone who listened, um, look on Barnes, I really rate him. I've owned him in and out of the last couple of seasons and 
yes, he's one of those players where you feel like he might get himself red-carded at some point in time. Um, but he hasn't yet to do it to me, unlike someone, a.k.a. Beanie. Um, but he's, I feel like he's just so consistent. He really does deliver mm. the goods. Um, so I... I think he, I would sort of view him slightly differently to, say, Ariki and Sharp, and I'll get on to them in a minute. Um, so in that match, he had four shots. Um, three of them were on target, which is really strong compared to all of the other strikers in that sort of price range. But the thing is, their next three fixtures are Arsenal and Wolves, both away, and then Liverpool at home. Not that Arsenal's defence is great shapes or anything, it's not that he can't score in those matches. And, you know, you never quite know with Barnes because he is capable of delivering sort of unexpectedly. But they are on paper difficult fixtures. And so if you don't have Barnes and you've started with someone else, and I don't really think, I mean, I think maybe slightly different if you've got, say, Delafeu, right, because he was hooked at half time, and that is slightly concerning, probably more to do with the fact that he was injured. But maybe that's a, an alert for you that, you know, I want to change this person. But I just mm. think um, one match isn't form. It's a, a great performance. Um, a couple of matches equates to form. So at the moment, we're really leaning so heavily on one game and what the fixtures look like. And that's that's what's dictating our moves. For me, I just think that unless I really was desperate to have him or I had real critical sort of emergencies, I'd be holding off until game week five because they have a lovely run of fixtures then for like 10 game weeks. I think the only one they're playing about halfway through that is Chelsea. And unless Chelsea dramatically improved, then that's looking like a great fixture as well. So the, because, and I guess part of why I'm saying this right is because if he starts to look consistently strong in these difficult matches, amazing. His price is so good. But how easy is it for next week it to be Wood who comes out of the gates against Arsenal? Wood only had one shot in that game, zero on target, but yet he yeah. got nine in preseason. So, you know, there are so many red herrings, right? It could be King who delivers at that price range. It could be so many. People um, were definitely looking at um, Wood as being the form Burnley forward you know, totally. in preseason. Yeah. Yeah. And at that price, it is kind of hard to know because I did look at Burns, but at the six mil, it, if he was a half mil cheaper, even I think he, he, you know, he could be a lot more attractive, even well, as daft as that sounds. Is he six five? All right, yeah. Even more so. so it's the same price as Wood. So mm. uh, you know, you can see why people based on preseason form might have gone for Wood there. But the the roles could totally reverse because these guys are both capable of delivering. Um, so I, I just think it's it's a little – if he had really good fixtures straight off the cuff, then I'd be like, yeah, sure. It's just 6.5 striker. I think most of us who have one very much went in and said, okay, I'm going to pop this person in for now. And, and it, it's really a price holder there because there's, there are options and I kind of want to see who the form one is and jump on that. But, yeah. you know, one – I one game uh, yeah. performance versus form, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, so uh, yeah. I think form should always dictate the way that you go, really. Um, but but one game doesn't equal form. So then I guess moving on from from Barnes to Origi, it, it's a no for me. 
and, and you pretty much touched on exactly this thing earlier at, at the opening of the pod. Amazing punt for those who did go for him, and they did really, really well. But I think that they would have brought him in knowing it was a, a one-week punt, not even a Lucas Moore two-week punt, because we knew that Mane was coming back. We knew that Mane was apparently in good shape. He then came on in that last match. And so it's not that you wouldn't get minutes. I think you will get minutes from Ariki, but you're not going to get consistent minutes. They have three guys there who are first choice. And um, unless there's injuries or there's, you know, certain things happening, which aren't there at the moment, he's not a player that I would be bringing in at, you know, at 5.5. He's a million more than the likes of Greenwood and Martinelli and these players who also came on for a very brief period in their own fixtures. So if you're looking for those kind of minutes, I'd be spending a million less. But he is one I would always kind of have in the background as an idea if there was going to be a short window, then he he could be a really lucrative one to jump on if you know it's a short-term punt, depending on what the circumstances are at Liverpool. Um, and then Sharp. So I, I don't know. I didn't come into this knowing a huge amount about Sharp. I had seen I did it. I kind originally. Of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, gathered, I gathered that much. Um, I think he's 5'5". Five, five. No, he's 6 million, actually, I think. Yeah. So he played eight minutes, right? And he got a goal against a traditionally poor defence as well, I might add. Um, I I guess I'm going to keep it simple here. There are going to be Sheffield United fans who will have a much clearer perspective on what kind of minutes we might anticipate him getting. He, It's entirely possible that there were extenuating circumstances for why he didn't start. We've talked about how teams are getting bet in and everything's going on. So I can't say why he only played eight minutes. All I can say is that goal or no goal, he may have some phenomenal rate at which he scores. But I'm not spending six million on a Sheffield United. I think um, it's 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 the it's the it's the drama with uh, with Sharp. It's the it's the the hero, the local hero who's come, gone through most yeah. of the leagues with them, coming in and scoring uh, the the first goal in the when they're back in the Premiership and getting a point. I think we'll see more cameos from him. He's a journeyman, right? And I don't think he's he's young from what I remember. So um, I, I I think he's somebody who will continue to come on in games. Or maybe yeah. sometimes he might be. They might do a Murray where he starts maybe at home. We'll see again. This is one where you sit and watch. What are Sheffield United no, yeah. are going to do at home? They've got a nice home game against Crystal Palace next week. And right? six million is pricey if those are his minutes. As I said, Greenwood, exactly. Martinelli, or, yes, Sharps, or Ori, even yeah. Or Ari, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to pay when you're having that. When you're only limited minutes, you really just want to be on your four point five. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, even as a bench player, because even if he's your third forward, it's still a lot of money tied Huge up. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Um, Marzi, touch briefly a couple of players which I have a feeling I know what you're going to say on these, but in Dombele at, um, at Spurs, obviously the big signing of the summer for them, and to McGinn from Villa. 
Um, both were very impressive on the Premier League debuts, but are they more of a, another wait and see, basically, and see, it, or is there, is there a case for potentially if somebody doesn't want to go the Marshall route and they want to downgrade Mora to try to free up more funds, is Indombele, do you think, is he going to be an alternative to Mora? And what about McGinn at Villa? I don't know if Indombele will be um, an alternative to Mora. I mean, look, he's got a great goal. But, how but many it was times outside the box, and it came back to him. It wasn't that he was exactly. aimed, but it was... I also think yeah. I heard somewhere he's about a three-goal-a-season kind of player. Ex- that's, that, exactly. Yeah. So we've seen it a lot where those uh, kind of... Because I think he's a more of a... Not just a... He's a midfield maestro, right? So he, he, will, put, he, will, he will supply the... Even the he's assisting the assister. Yes, exactly. The midfielders before it even gets to the forwards, and he's there to break play. And you can see he's like an all-action kind of guy. Like it, it reminded me. It's, this is a big. It's too early, but like, kind of like a Vieira can't play. You know, he's everywhere. He's not just. My point is, he's not just back in defence. He's actually everywhere, mm. which is quite is, impressive. Yeah. Which is quite impressive. Now, again, he's definitely one to watch because let's see what happens. You know, again. Uh, Son is going to come back in that team. Ali's going to come back in that team. Okay, Ali might be a, a while out. We don't know what's happening with Ericsson. Soon we'll know because I believe the 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 transfer window in Europe will shut soon. Then you will see which way Spurs set up. You don't have to rush in there because there's quite a few players that are doing well, cheaper, or you can go really down at 4.5 until you see what happens with that. Now, McGinn, I really, really, really liked him. But again, I think he's... Uh, if he's your fourth or fifth choice, fair enough. Um, you know, okay, Villa didn't play that bad and still lost 3-1. Now, again, from an FPL point of view, we don't care what's going to happen as long he get, as he gets the points. Um, if he's an enabler to get you somewhere else, fair, fair enough. But again, I think he's... But if, I mean, listen, from what I, I don't know much about him, but from what I hear from the Villa fans, from Adam and reading on Twitter and stuff, he's an all-action man. He's going to be everywhere and he will get some points. So he could be a 5.5 bargain. It's just too early for me to say if he is that man that we want as a fourth or fifth choice. So for me, yeah. again, it's more of a watch and see again. Could be, you know, at 5.5, one in three, one in four at home games against the smaller teams. If he delivers, you'll be happy. Fine. And then obviously... The but point I also... Was, yeah, I was, was going to say, say that it's a bonus that he scored against Spurs. Being, you know, um, and if he delivers against the smaller teams, fair enough. Yeah, I was going to say he's also notoriously a yellow card magnet. That is something. It was like some yeah. monstrous amount of yellow cards he got last season. But apparently he was quite prolific. That doesn't always translate into Premier League, of course. But mm. the yellow card tendency probably will. So that, and that will sting if you're if you're picking a player that you're only expecting to return in every three or four fixtures, but. Mm. His yellow card count could, if he if he is that kind of magnet, um, could kind of equal. It'd be more irritating when you have a player like that and they're just literally getting only one point as opposed to the two points, yeah. um, you know, on those off weeks. But um, yeah, no, definitely a wait and see. Liverpool, um, of course, Mersey, the injury to Allison. It, it, you know, I don't know about you, but I did have my head in my hands when that happened. Um, should we all be shouting, Adrian, like Rocky Balboa, or is the likelihood of Liverpool clean sheets downgraded to the point where Ryan Pope, etc., are still better options for with the added benefit of not tying up a Liverpool spot in our squads? So what's your thinking on, um, on yeah, Adrian? Just, 
in particular, and that also not, the Liverpool defence. Just to show that I was not picking up picking on United because I'm a Liverpool fan. I watched the game uh, with Tom from who got the assist. He he mentioned that also on their pod. And throughout the game, I was telling him this Liverpool defence has given me the the, the creepies. Honestly, um, I I know it was the first game. But I've seen that during the preseason as well. It was very open, too open. I kept saying, literally, I was tweeting too open during the game. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, had Norwich been uh, a better finishers in in the first half, we could we could have been in trouble. We could have been behind before we even scored. But obviously, the good thing for us is we have an amazing attack, and they are, the, the, which surprised me as well because I, I I said at the beginning of the season I said I think we will start slow, we'll be conservative. You know, Salah's just back, Firmino's just back, Man is just back. But no, actually, we're going for it. And that's sometimes, yeah. and that is sometimes because people do not buy Liverpool defenders only for their clean sheets. So you need to remember, like, I was not impressed with the defending and I still think this is why I did not go with a double Liverpool defence because I felt that there's better clean sheets some, uh, in uh, other place and I wanted to play safe and go with Van Dijk, right? So I went with Van Dijk knowing that he will definitely be the one that will always play. I would say Van Dijk and Robertson are probably the safest. And I can see based on, on yesterday and in some games and from history, I think Trent will be sometimes rotated, will be rested because he does Go- have a naivety in his defence. And Gomez, Gomez out there and bring him out up in, mid, in the mid. Absol- absolutely, absolutely. But, but the, it's, attacking, um, you know, the-, the attacking intent of Trent, sorry, Don, no, the attacking no. intent of, of, of uh, Trent is so ridiculously good that you might just yeah, I'm doesn't, sorry, doesn't really match. It doesn't matter if you bring them for the attack. It doesn't really matter. The, the clean sheet becomes a bonus. Now I think with eight, I, losing Allison, unfortunately, as a Liverpool fan and as an FBO manager, I'm more worried for Liverpool because I think Allison gives that stability at the back. And no disrespect to Adrian, I haven't seen much from him yet to give me that confidence and I hope listen as a Liverpool fan I want him to come and be better than Alisson I want him to come and continue as if and, and it becomes seamless and then there's a 4.5 option for you to jump on because it's the cheapest route into into notoriously strong Liverpool defence I don't think right now it's a move right now if you have you have two options you either move to a premium for, uh, premium keeper if you uh, if you don't have City defenders but most people do or Downgrade and upgrade, uh, downgrade to 4.5. There's plenty of good keepers with good fixtures and upgrade one of your defenders if you really want an attack, uh, the attacking output of the Liverpool defence. That would be my, my advice. Yeah. The Liverpool defence is far more than their clean sheets, which is why the, the glee of some people on Twitter when they're talking about, yeah, this is why you told you it's ridiculous doing two or three defenders. We didn't know, no, nobody picked Liverpool defenders just for a clean sheet. It is because they're basically, um, especially Trent and Robbo, they're basically midfielders, um, just midfielders who will get clean sheet bonus points when um, when when they're there for the taking. Um, FBL JB was actually asking about that um, that Allison and Adrian um, comp, so uh, hopefully you got some value from that one. Um, Chelsea, Kylie, um, the, you, we did touch on that earlier on about the um, the Chelsea performances. And you did actually talk about who um, who you like, but is there any is there any players in the Chelsea lineup that you would at this moment in time be looking at, or are they all basically a uh, wait and see? Is that a trick question? It's a trick question. Mm. Where was Giroud? That's all I want to know. No, yeah. seriously, I, I mean. And I kind of do say that seriously, right? Because, I mean, 
Tammy Abraham wasn't good yeah. enough for Chelsea before. He was loaned out to what Swansea and Villa. Um, and then he comes back in and I just, yeah, first match against United. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I think, I think it was I think it was a risky play by um by yeah. Lampard in general because he he basically went look this is the way we're going to play these are the players that I want to build around but the reality is is yeah that, but he, he didn't give any kind of yeah. a presence up front and whereas Giroud would do that um you know yeah. and a little bit of nice and beauty yes well absolutely you can blind your opposition right you and can, then just go running in and score so it makes no sense to me I think strategically. He he knows nothing um, because I totally would have exploited that. But anyway, mm-hmm. no, I, I I think the the experience was was lacking there, and I think that showed. I get that Sharud is probably not the kind of uh, his ideal striker, but it it was just a little bit sloppy for me. And they did show strong attacking intent, and we did touch on that. I think everyone kind of wanted to shine. There's something like 18 goal attempts. Um, seven of them on target, I think, um, versus Man United's 11 and then five on target. And, of course, United um, scored four, four goals. So, they, you know, they were, there was a lot of intent there, but it just kind of wasn't working for yeah. them. Um, Emerson was really attacking, really, really attacking. And at 5.5, if he stays and they can solidify their defence, that would probably rely on him prioritising defence a bit more, um, then in, in the long term could become a really interesting option. But I think that what we said was was kind of what I would stand by. There are definitely a lot of options in there that over the course of the season I think could have spells of being really interesting, more so if we feel that we've got a really clear starting 11. But it just was not a match where I felt any degree of confidence about any of their players. I think they have plenty of ability, mm. but I want to see them gel together. There definitely, there definitely are a, a wait and see on pretty much yeah. all of them and see where the value is. Um, thanks, Kylie. Um, Marzi, um, on to Arsenal. Um, Aubameyang, of course, returned um, for you in game week one. But um, how about people who are looking at him? Um, is he worth getting in ahead of Burnley and the fixtures which follow. Um, what are your thoughts on the Gunners in general? I have to say, when I saw the team, I was a bit scared. I was like, what is this team going to Newcastle? Like, Is is, is Boomerang going to get any chances? It was strange, right? But it was, like I said, when I was watching the game, there was no urgency from anyone. It was, um, listen, Arsenal will be what, what I expect, what, what we've said before about Arsenal. They will sometimes outplay teams out of the park and play some of the best football that you'll see. And other times they'll be walked through and sliced through like like butter and, and concede loads of goals. I would say stay away. From, I'm not convinced by any of their defenders. Um, however, Maitland-Niles got, um, uh, you know, they got a clean sheet uh, somehow. But I guess Newcastle are, uh, are in progress as well or a team in the making still. I think that against Burnley, they will have a much bigger and physical challenge. Let's see, because Arsenal have struggled before with, with physical teams. Uh, Aubameyang has actually a really good um, good uh, record against Burnley. I think like six goals or something. Um, I and saw at from, home, he's really strong as well. Yeah, at home, I mean, he, 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 we'll talk about it later, but at the moment, he's my captain choice, which is why he was uh, in my plans for, for the first two game weeks. 
Um, moving from player to another, uh, okay, yep. I mean, listen, I did consider it as well going from Kane to if I had started with Kane to go to Aubameyang and then back. If you have no other areas to address in your team, I'm not going to say that the hockey cooking is not fun, but um, a lot of the times when I've done it, it didn't work. That's what I would say. Could Kane score against City? Absolutely. Could Burnley demolish Arsenal? Absolutely. So it's, it's just, it depends. If you want to have, here's what I would say. If you want to have fun and you want the explosive players and you want to play the fixtures, then absolutely Boomerang has more, uh, has uh, the better fixture than Kane. Uh, but the sensible one would say, probably not wait, keep the free transfer. Yeah. Th- that's what I would say. And don't forget that this Arsenal team that played against Newcastle, I don't think Willock and uh, I can't remember the, the uh, Nelson and these guys. I Pepe and Lacazette will be back, and then that's where you know. And of course, you have Ozil. Yeah, Ozil. who had to miss out due to that. Absolutely, nonsense. yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hope hope they all okay, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from FPL point of view, uh, Kolasinac could be again. Um, he's great attacking, right? So, but I just. Mm. My point is that team is going to be different to the team that we'll see. Yeah. And obviously there's David Luiz at the back, which could, I don't know, <laughs> defensively, he could, he, he's very polarising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, uh, no, the, it, no, I think I think 100%. And I, I think one of the things with um, Aubameyang and Kane in general, it does, it wasn't really pleasant in game week one, I have to say, when you feel that you have massive bullets like that to avoid. Um, and I know Kane or Aubameyang, you, you, it, it is nice to have that one of the two of them in. Um, but yeah, the okey-cokey never really works for us, Mersey, does it? When you're trying to switch back and forth. But um, Kylie come on to City, and Pep Roulette was raising its head once more in game week one. Lots of comments regarding Mares, Jesus, Bernardo Silva, etc. What are your thoughts on that a lot of talk about um, Pep Pep talking up they basically the kind of the performances of Alf Zeus and Mahrez and the Bernardo Silva injury. Yeah, I mean I think Pep Roulette <laughs> Sorry, Pep that Roulette. phrase Pep Roulette says it all, right? Um mm. no one no one has any idea half the time what what Pep is thinking. Um but he has made a lot of comments uh, across the summer about and, and specifically in relation to um, Walker and you know a couple of the other players, and basically saying that it's really good for them to have competition. It's really important. Yeah. This is what helps them improve in each of their roles, and you know it makes them a better player. It makes them work harder. So obviously that's been said about Walker. It was only recently said about Bernardo Silva as well. Because Maris came out and performed really well, it was then said about uh, Aguero in relation to Jesus and and how well he's been performing. So, does that mean that those players are going to be ousted? No, I do think that you know we see when Pep brings new players in, often there seems to not be a, a speedy sort of integration of that player. Um, Laporte, for example. Uh, it took a while for him to get his opportunity, and then he became first choice. Um, Jesus has been there quite some time now. Uh, Mares has now been there for a reasonable amount of time as well. I think that we will st- start to see more of these players featuring than perhaps we did last year. 
um, and, and that is a concern, but there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. I mean, I think that Pep loves Bernardo, and, and that was something that was sort of does, quite yeah. clear across last season. Um, but what I mean, I guess here's what I would say on the, on the city thing, right? It's that, you know, you kind of get what you pay for <laughs> to a degree. I mean, Aguero being benched would be heartbreaking because he's 12 million. But Bernardo is 8 million, and there's reasons why he's that price. He's that price, not because of fear of rotation, really, because he actually played more minutes than I think like all of the other attacking players, but because his output hasn't been as strong. And so there's reasons why someone like Sterling is 4 million more Someone like KDB, even at his ridiculously low price point, is like 9.5. So I think that you run the risk with any of your city players. I mean, Walker, you know, him and his aerodynamic do are doing well at the moment, the last couple of matches. Um, but he has a threat now. There's no guarantee, except maybe I feel Edison, probably most likely Laporte, and really Sterling. Though I think Sterling will still miss a match or two, but I think he'll play most of them. I think De Bruyne will play most of them. But Pepperlet is a thing. It's high risk, high reward, and sometimes we just have to suck it up. I think. Yeah, suck it up and ride it out, isn't it? If you make a choice on who you're going to own and you're aware of the risks associated with owning those players, and. You know, if you don't get on the train, you don't get any points. But sometimes, you know, average it out over the course of a season and you'll be happy that you had someone, mm. a premium attacker, though, I really think. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, me and Kate. Um, FBL Oakwell was um, was asking about that Pep roulette and wanting, wanting us to give Pep some hammer, but uh, we... Didn't quite give him some hammer, but we did. We did touch Pep on that. Pep. I mean, um, what are we gonna say? <laughs> you can't. You can't really say anything that hasn't been said before about him anyway. And I don't think he cares. Uh, listener questions, folks. We'll move on to those. We we got a load, and we have basically. Um, but I wanted to kind of touch on ones that are are basically that we haven't kind of covered on the rest of the show. Adam P. Um, at three five who Marzi, I'll give this one to you first. Um, what player you have hadn't considered before game week one put it, put themselves on your watch list. So um, is there anyone that that you hadn't actually even looked at before but that you would put there now after watching that first game week? Brighton in general, I think the way they played and uh, their prices, so their strikers, I want to see more of Mopai and see how they play. They've got a nice, nice run of fixtures coming up. Um, I had read and heard about Montoya playing as a wing-back and there's not many right-footed players there. So I went with him as a cheap option and it worked. So I'm hoping that that continues. But uh, so more pie for me uh, from Brighton, just again, because he's quite cheap. And the other one, I mean, the obvious one is it's, it's, it's United. It's not that I didn't consider them. It's again, I want to see after Wolves, they have a nice run of fixtures. And like we said, if they've got this wave of like when Ole first came before they before it burst, well, I want to jump on that. So this is why I had the the the, the price points that I have in my team to be able to jump uh, to a biscuit if I want from the 4.5. So that's a million if I downgrade somewhere else mm. or go more to Martial. The thing yep. is, they are their defense is, is so highly owned. Um, 
that sometimes you just think, should I cover it? And Vizca is, to be honest, he's a, he's a bonus magnet as well because the way he plays is just all in. So if they don't concede, he's highly likely going to get bonus points. And yeah. if Dave, is, Dave Save is back, then maybe we need to, to jump on that because, you know, every United fan will have at least a United defender. Yeah, exactly. I think that Dave Saves could be a definite way in there. Um, but uh, if if he is back, because we know that even if the United defence isn't that fantastic, if he is back on form, he will get plenty of save points as well. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely could be one to look at there. Um, I think McGinn would be probably um, would be another one that I hadn't even looked at before, but uh, but I would have him on my watch list. Um, FBL Football Advice, Kylie, come to you on this, um, was asking for those owning double Bournemouth forwards, Stick or twist ahead of Villa away. I think that's a stick. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a stick for me. You picked them for a reason, and I, um, they didn't show what they're capable of in that match. Sure, but uh, Sheffield, they, they came up with strong defence. So, mm. I mean, I, I think that we will see the Bournemouth that we expect shine pretty brightly quite quickly. So I think you chose them for a reason. Stick for now. Yeah. Unless uh, they start to string some really poor performances together, then, yeah, obviously eventually move off at least one of them. And Villa would definitely have been one of those fixtures. They were good, but you, this is one of them ones where you definitely want to be playing your forwards against them. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons why they would have been chosen been in, the in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tomo, FBA. Blade, Marzi and FBL Call were both asking a similar question, which is, who is the most disappointing team and FBL player from game week one? What team really kind of didn't didn't pass the eye test for you? I think at the moment it's Leicester. I was hoping more from Leicester and Wolves. I was expecting an open game, right? The way the way we've seen them play. So, but it is the first game, and I want to see. I want to see more of them. Um, I also don't think Norwich can defend them right now. I know they've got injuries. So, again, I wouldn't be going anywhere near their defenders. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's, it, I was expecting more from Leicester and Wolves. I know people say Bournemouth because Bournemouth were playing at home against Sheffield. But I really thought Leicester and Wolves would be a nice open game. So, to, to, for it to finish 0-0, I was, I was a bit surprised. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of probably did match the thing of where they're becoming, obviously, and they know there's expectations on them this season that they probably are more cagey playing against each other, like you do often see when there's a when there's top teams playing up against each other. They yeah. often try to camp. You could argue each other Everton, out. You, could, you could argue Everton Newcastle was a bit of disappointment. Uh, Everton Palace, but to be honest, Everton always do this to us where they excite us with their with their players, and then suddenly, and they didn't score much in pre-season so I wasn't expecting much to be honest clean sheet was was uh, was nice to have let's see how they do it as well yeah is there I probably expected person, more from it? Watford right they usually start strong mm, yeah they do yeah something um, at least not a decimation by Brighton anyway the, that was a bit of an embarrassing result but um, yeah no, I think they probably will correct it though um, as their manager said afterwards I think he's uh, it might be the wake up call they needed um, let's see who would be um, FBL player Kylie who is the most disappointing FBL player from game week one oh player um, I think for me well I, for many probably uh, Perez <laughs> just because yeah. we were so psyched up about him um, and that's probably 
an unfair statement. Though, no, that's you know, that's a good one though. Perez would be, yeah, he would be for me too. And um, also, and also Wilson, um, because he just uh, like I think he had one shot the whole game. I don't think Bournemouth had. But he, he got an assist. Fraser got nothing and a yellow and a yellow card. Um, no, I'm I'm happy with the the result. Don't get me wrong, but I mean um, performance wise, I, yeah. I think he had two penalty area touches in the entire match. Oh, okay. So um, it, it's when you're talking about a striker. Yeah. That's See, Kylie's Kylie's bringing the stats that you hear, Marzi. So um, I know yeah. you don't. I know you you don't really know don't what they are. <laughs> I'm delighted with the assist, but I think yeah. um, as a performance, you know, uh, yeah. some of these yeah. ones. But I, which, again, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, if you want stats, I can tell you that Perez had one shot on target. Mm. There we go. Boom. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, the last, or no, not last question. We have a couple more to go, but I'll come to you, Kylie, on this. Um, Andre L, Andre L0313 was asking which differentials pass the eye test for us. So he's talking about Pookie Pookie, uh, Montoya, Ederson, and what about Brighton differentials? Well, I wouldn't really put Ederson in the differentials category there, but, no. but, but uh, who, um, who, who really stood out to you that we haven't had? I think he means Emerson. I think he means Emerson. Emerson, that's probably it, yeah. of, yeah, yeah, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Emerson showed good attacking intent. The one that I'm quite interested in, and um, Mars touched on it before, how do we say his name? Is it, what did you say, Maupai? I feel like Maupai, it's Maupai. That's Maupai, Maupai, yeah. yeah. Maupai, we'll as in give me we'll Maupai. We'll just call him Maupai from now, yeah. From yeah, now on, right, it's called Maupai, yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. so um, Maupai. Right. So yeah. well, at some point we'll have a listener question on um, who do I start in game week 37, uh, Mopai or Biscuits? Yeah, that's totally going to happen. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, just because, you know, while Brighton's fixtures aren't all sunshine, they, they do have nice fixtures in and around a couple of more suspect ones. And there had been much talk about how, Potter would have them playing a more attacking style of football. They're always a good source of of budget players. Um, Let's not talk about what happens in double game weeks, that aside. But I think, you know, they've, they've 197 year old, old man Murray. And um, I'm just interested to see how quickly he becomes a starter. And that's the expectation really. Because uh, I don't think the other ones are, are good enough. Um, he's, you know, he scored after it was 26 minute de- debut. Um, so I think he could be an interesting one. And he's only, is it six million? I think he might be six million. Yeah, he's six. Yeah, that's a nice price for people to downgrade maybe, um, and, and get a little bit of money. So he's one that I, I'm quite interested in. Um, but again, I sort of want to see a little bit more from everyone. Yeah, good stuff. Just Thanks. on whilst, okay. whilst we're on Brighton, just quickly, a lot of people were really disappointed with. Uh, oh, I was going to call him something completely wrong. Trossard, right? That's his name. Trossard. Yeah, yeah. 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 That yeah. was actually yeah. probably what one. Do what not say toss hard on the bus. Do not say toss hard on the pod. Wait, am I not on mute? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Tossard, I mean uh, Trossard, um, the manager came out. <laughs> the manager came out and said, 
um, the reason we played with Gross, <laughs> Trossana Gross, I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, they asked me uh, for well, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, didn't they have Bong or something? Yeah, they did. Point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dunk Pong, Duffy. Recruitment policy there, more pie, <laughs> Pong. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more pie, Trossard. It's gross. Um, right, let's come on, focus. Carly, you think of Judo, I'll think of Liverpool, and we can focus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of more pie after the bong, like it's just, you know, it's not a <laughs> <laughs> This is going wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the manager came out and said the reason we, we played with, uh, with uh, gross is, is tactical. And Trossard will most likely play. At, uh, he was unlucky, and he should play at home. So this 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 rings alarm bells to me from both sides. If I have Trossard, I'll be happy. If I have Gross, I'll be like, oh crap, is he going to be rotating these two? So you need to watch. Uh, so don't be disappointed. Too disappointed if you have if you took a punt on him. Um, just just be careful and watch what happens before you start selling him. Just just a point. Yeah. I thought. I'll, no, that's good. It's good. Um, Jamie Dodd, JD Suker was asking, and I always, when I see that handle, uh, Jamie, I always do um, hope that is to do with um, Suker, the the um, Croatian forward, but I don't know. It probably has nothing to do with it at all. I was always a fan of him growing up. Um, should we all be targeting teams playing Norwich and Aston Villa? No disrespect, but are they the new Huddersfield and Cardiff? Um, I'll answer that one quickly. It probably looking at it, Norwich were a lot better second half. They didn't look like they were any kind of duds. It looked like they kind of grew into the game. And it's kind of difficult to know at this point just how good they're going to be. Tyrone Mings looked good for Villa. And they didn't look too bad in defence. Um, I, I think they looked it, quite good initially. Yeah, I think it'll take a couple of weeks for us to really to know who will be the new Huddersfield and Cardiff of the season that we'll all be targeting our captain picks against. Um, but at the, after one game week, it definitely did look probably like those two. Um, but I think that after one game week, we can't, we don't have enough data really to find out who's going to be well, the winning boys. Based on the scores, the answer is Chelsea, right? So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we exactly. need information. Yeah, we do indeed. Um, Matt at Cheers Lowy was um, was asking Kylie because I know Mars has uh, mentioned about the price rises. Of few times on the pod but um, are you going to be forced into a move because of price rises or if your targets rise in price are you prepared to ignore them this is the usual um, the usual quandary about whether or not to kind of make moves early in a week or um, or rush your plans for um, for future game weeks maybe for future transfers but um, what's your thinking on price rises this season and what, do you have a bit of philosophy in place in place yeah well I I have 0.5 in the bank um so that was intentional. I Did you hear the smug way she said that, Mars? Yeah. I was trying to be well, humble there, but it just felt unnatural. <laughs> um, that was courtesy. Well, it didn't pay me right because I actually got that by downgrading Walker based on this whole Cancelo mm. or Cancelo, whatever his name is, thing. him coming in. Uh, I downgraded him to Zinchenko. And obviously, Walker got the assist, which is, you know, it is what it is, but um, no, it it's uh, handy to have that in the bank because it does just give me a little bit of cushion room for price changes because we know historically how quick moving the market is at the start of the season. We have a lot more players playing and actively trading, so we do tend to see things happen really, really quickly in bandwagons form. Um, I mean, we, we had crazy people 
crazy transfers happening like after the first day. So, um, you know, you kind of have to take all of that with a pinch of salt. I would reiterate what Mars says. I think if, you, if you're not feeling any particular conviction about a player, I wouldn't be jumping the gun. Um, but if there is a player that you really have your heart set on, you really want that player and it just happens to suit the direction that you want to go in your team and you are going to be priced out and they don't have midweek matches, then I think it's fine. I typically yeah. try not to be overly swayed by price changes. I think yeah, good I decisions try, I try they they can rush, they can make you make the wrong decision at times when you're when you're watching too closely. But um yeah, no good stuff. Marzi, have you got any additional listener questions that we haven't covered off on the rest of the show? Yeah, just quickly, um we've got one from um FBL underscore um underscore Kiwi Nick, uh underscore FBL. Stick or twist with Rossard, but I think we've answered that. Do you guys agree with what I said? Stick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, cool. Um I think we talked about uh, Martial as a viable option, so we'll move from that. Um, FBL Robert Ducky, uh, at FBL underscore Robert Ducky. Do managers stick to a 6.5 forward, chase a 6.5 forward who did well the previous game week or just cough up the money and spend more of their front line? Don, what do you think? Well, I think if you've gone with the strategy I went, I've gone at the moment with just one forward really up front, which is Wilson. Um, I didn't go with the six and a half. I did debate going with King, but I thought it'll leave just too much of a massive jump to actually move up to getting whether it's even Rashford or whether you're going with uh, Lacazette or if you're going all the way up to the 11 million um, forwards. But um, I, I, if you have that strategy at the moment, I wouldn't go ripping it up yet because you obviously have invested more in in your midfield and your defence and you just stick with it for a couple of game weeks, see how it goes. Um, it is always risky just having that low of a uh, forward line, but but um, because of the inflexibility. But I'd write it out for now, um, and I wouldn't go changing after one week. Cool. And then uh, we've got one from our friend uh, Grumpy Dave, uh, Dave's arrogant cat at underscore from underscore Burnley. Is TAA a liability as a defender? Ergo, he will face more rotation this year with Gomez. Fit. Fit ego, he's not worth seven p. Never mind seven million. <laughs> <laughs> Am I on that one or Kylie? Kylie. Ah, <laughs> right. No, I fundamentally disagree with that. I mean, I, I have, uh, I have Trent. So I had, I got Trent and I got Van Dyke, uh, and I've already been rewarded with an assist there. I think we went in. Most people knew going in that he was going to be more likely to experience some degree of rotation. I don't think it'll be as dramatic as some are making it out, but I don't think that he will play as much as Van Dyke or Robertson. But I think that the upside is there. There's always a risk with your 7 million mid um, that they won't play as well. And I think if I had a midfielder who cost me 7 million who got 14 assists and a goal, let alone all the clean sheets, I'd be delighted with life. So I'm happy to have him and take that gamble. That doesn't yeah, so. mean that I'll have him long-term. I, I could decide after a wild card to go to Robertson yeah. if I get a bit nervy or see something that worries me. He's definitely me. safer, isn't he? 
Yeah. Uh, he's a bit safer in terms of selection, but Trent is explosive. Watching the match, I did mm. wish in a way that it was Trent I had. Um, oh, like he could but, have got more assists, right? Yeah, so. or even the free kicks. He's a lot. He is. Yeah. He's a massive threat in in attack. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. So you can stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Dave. <laughs> and uh, well, he doesn't stop there. Um, he asks, oh, does he not? No, he doesn't. He, he goes never on does. To the other, he does not like scousers or scouse team because he goes on to Everton and he goes Everton without Gomez, Gay and Delph and now Schneider and Band lost Zuma as well. Is Dinier worth six million? And I, I think he is. Um, um, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I mean, yes. I mean, Delph. Well, come on, Schneiderlin. I mean, Jesus Christ. They're not that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about the, um, you know, the Zidane Figo exodus from Real Madrid. No, no we're not. <laughs> but I mean, again, Dinia, uh, again, I did not get him just for clean sheets, and I repeat that because if I, you know, if I wanted clean sheets, maybe and and play the fixtures, I'll just go with four point five rotations. I got these guys because they can give me extra. They can score goals, mm. set pieces, assists. That's why I got them. Um, yeah. And I think we have one. Uh, last one. Uh, no, uh, also, Dave asks when they add bonus systems and, and they say bonus points are added, should they say bonai points? <laughs> <laughs> you can, he was in a grumpy mood that day. I think he's, he's not happy. <laughs> um, one of my favorites' name, uh, Daddy Van Dyke, uh, at Daddy underscore Van, uh, Van underscore Dyke. Me and him should get together. Yeah, Daddy, yeah, absolutely. Daddy absolutely. Which defenders do you recommend for the upcoming game weeks? Don, I'll uh, I'll go for you with you on this one. Which which defender? Give me that again. Which defenders do you recommend for the upcoming game weeks? Um, the defenders I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kylie, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go to you because you've probably done some research on this one. <laughs> How awkward! But that, that is the answer, though. Which defenders? Right, exactly. Do I recommend I've, for the upcoming games? It's I mean, the ones I've picked. Exactly. What you do? What I, you I, do I, I tinkered. I tinkered with my team, Mars, for, for four weeks. I've come up with the d- defense that I want for the next couple of games. So that's my answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> let, let, let me get, okay. So yes, I understand that. But you, you, okay. So Brighton have got some good fixtures coming to up. Getting the silly portion of the pod. <laughs> yeah, Brighton. People are tired. Brighton have got. Everybody needs to share and chill. Seriously. Brighton have got good fixtures coming up. I think we're, United, we're already too chill right now. <laughs> United have got good fixtures coming up, so I would monitor those two. Uh, obviously, Liverpool, City, listen, everybody's going to have their players, so you need to, to also watch out. And then for the rest, you really need to look at a defender that you like with, with, with two, three, four fixtures that you think. It, it's really difficult to guess. That's why I'm saying you need to go in blocks. Next, we know Brighton, and, and I think Brighton have three, three out of four at home. And the one away is City. So you can cancel that one out. Forget about City. Bench your player for that game. And then the rest hope that they do well. But we've seen them play one game. And they got a clean sheet. And I'm glad they did because I had their player. But let's see. We need and to that watch. Was, uh, that was the long answer to that question. And the correct answer and the short one was my one. And mine. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, Rubaldo um, asks... Um, would you take out Kane for just this week for Aubameyang? I think we touched on this. We just wanted to give you a, a shout-out. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you want to have fun and want to go for explosive fixtures, yes. But Kane could easily score against City. I can see an open game. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. That's not the uh, advice I told you to give, Maz. I'm not going to tell him to go with Benteke. That's not fair. Because Wickham's going to play, <laughs> so maybe he should go Wickham. 
<laughs> well, Deanie's also an acceptable uh, option, Rob, yeah. and no yeah. one else should yeah. listen to this advice. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Deanie's going to be angry after Watford lost and, you know, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, to wrap up the listener questions, we left the uh, the best and last one of our uh, uh, friends and biggest supporters, uh, Jeff. That's Mr. Jeff Don. Uh, FPL underscore Thunder at Thunder66UK. He says, what one thing would you uninvent? Which I thought was quite interesting. Don, I know you've done a lot of research on this one. So, um, it's a military-industrial complex. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's not elaborate. You think you're going to talk about microwave of a popcorn or something like <laughs> Kylie? Okay. Well, actually, and Don exactly guessed my answer earlier. Um, I knew decaf. it. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I actually, this is almost like a little rant, but this gets me so angry. People who drink decaf, I think it's like reprehensible behavior. And even one time, like, why do you even do that? Drink tea or something. But one time, no joke, Saturday morning, it was like a quarter to eight in the morning and I'm standing in line at my cafe. I've got things to do and I've got an addiction, okay? It's an illness. And there were two people waiting in front of me at this time ordering a decaf. I'm like, really? Why are you Whoa. even awake at this time? If you're awake, <laughs> well, you're awake in like, a cafe I and this like, compounds it, right? Like, I, why are they there pretending they need caffeine? And most importantly, why are they in front of me making me wait longer? I feel like, like for the sake of it. listeners, this could go on for an hour. We should. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just have to get that out because I'm really sensitive <laughs> on that subject. Um, I could tell. I, I feel sorry for Paul. He's, he's going to be up all night talking about decaffeinated coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm, it's going to take me a while to to like unwind now. I need shisha and chill. <laughs> yes, you do. You need shisha and chill. Absolutely. Um, and to wrap it up, uh, Don, you're absolutely right. I would uninvent uh, the Zionist movement because that will bring peace back to the world um and we'll, I, so I nailed i nailed both see you know it so well amigos. yeah yeah well without getting too political yeah. you know um <laughs> let's, let's move on <laughs> brilliant stuff mercy um and lads let's focus on our last section of the show which is of course our gaming plans our captain pick and our punt of the week um, this is where we kind of discuss our plans as they stand for the coming game week, and we also go through our captain picks. But of course, Kylie won't give out her um, her captain pick for competitive reasons, as we touched on earlier on the pod. <laughs> but uh, Kylie, <laughs> come to you first. Uh, what are you looking at for the game week to come, and who is likely to be your pick and your punt of the week? Uh, okay, so I think captain pick is is pretty obvious. Salah, um, a lot of the other premium. I mean, Aubameyang is a great pick for, for those who have Aubameyang or are interested in him uh, for the reasons that Mars said earlier in the pod. But I think Captain Salah makes sense because Sterling and Kane are playing each other. So I think keep it simple. Um, and they're playing Southampton. And Southampton just conceded, what was it, three goals to Burnley? Two goals. Mm. Anyway, the point is they conceded. Three so, goals. Yeah, so I think he's kind of, and again, I think it's, there's no need to go, unless you have like real clear reasons why you want to go for someone that you think is the best option, always go for the one you think will get you the most points. But at this part of the season, I don't think that you need to go overly differential with your strategy. Just try and stay with the pack is is usually 
a, a little bit boring but sensible. Um, and Punt, I like, uh, how do we say his name? Moise Keen? Moise Ken. Sorry, I think it's pronounced Ken. Or is it Moise Ken? Anyway. From now on, he's known as Moise. You know, as in David Moise. Moise. Yeah, Moise. Moise. Okay. But Moise. it's Moise, Moise Ken. It's Moise Ken. Moise Ken, yes. From Everton. Uh, it sounds too much like moist for me. It's kind of alarming, but anyway. Moist crosshairs um, and stuff. Really, really, <laughs> Let's call him MK, yeah? Cool. MK, right? Yes. MK, um, so he's playing Watford. Isn't he playing Watford? Yeah, I think yeah. they are. Um, he so he only played 21 minutes in his debut, and admittedly he didn't do much, like he didn't have any shots or anything, but he's only 6.8% owned, and I think there was definitely – creativity there from um, Everton players, but I still think that same issue that they have is that there's no one up top who can really do anything about it. He certainly has sounded to me like an interesting prospect once he gets into that team. So I think that if Watford don't turn up for this match um, and they kind of do the same thing as before, he could be a really interesting super punt. Like it is mm. early to take that kind of a punt, but I think but he, he is somebody there to keep an eye on, I think, definitely as the as the season goes on. Uh, Marzi, how about yourself? Give us your plans, your pick and your punt. So I touched on it before. I'm hoping to keep the transfer unless I see big movement on uh, – on Martial or if I really want to sell Mora. Um, <clears throat> captain at the moment is Boomerang. I might change my mind and just go with the manager. Having him is, might be enough and I'll go with Salah, but I, I, I do fancy it. So I'll, let's see. It's just sometimes, like I said, Arsenal can be Arsenal, get bullied, and I can see them losing to Burnley. So I'll see how I feel about it. Um, yeah. yeah. And then um, the punt, actually, it's... Uh, Timo Puki. Norris mm. will play Newcastle at home, first home game. I was really impressed with his movement. I was really impressed with the way yeah. they fed him. They had chances, and I think at home they'll be a bit stronger. Newcastle, I think, are still a team transition, team a team, a, a team being built still. Uh, I mean, the guy didn't even know where, where his manager wanted him to play. The manager had to shout at him, tell him, don't play midfield, go left back. Don't know if you guys read about that, but <laughs> he didn't even know where no. to go, for goodness sake. Um, and can't use English as an excuse because he's, 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 he's French, but his English was pretty good when he spoke. So, um, yeah. I fell asleep and, in that match, actually. Uh, I just read it. I, I didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Too, uh, I, I, I was watching it, but I didn't see that happening. But uh, I just read that Bruce was going mental. I mean, I mean, I don't know who do you blame here, the manager or the player. I mean, come yeah. on. And then, um, but there's, there's two teams that I'm really interested in watching. I want to see Aston Villa at home, how they play, and Sheffield United, because they're playing Palace. And I want to see how these teams play against, against teams around them, you know, because they, obviously Villa played Spurs. It's a bit unfair to judge them. And they, you know, they did well uh, from an FPL point of view, some, you know, especially people like McGinn. And Sheffield United playing away to Bournemouth, you know, again, we know Bournemouth can be attacked, but they didn't, do, they didn't do too bad. So I want to see how these teams play at home. And then maybe pick pick some bargains and see what 4.5s, 5, 5.5s are, are playing regularly and being involved. You know, there's loads of players like Norwood and McGoldrick and these guys that people have talked about and Robinson, but I haven't really seen much of. And I want to see how they do. Yeah. 
No, good stuff. Um, myself, I will be on Salah captain. Um, I don't think there's any other real, real options for me, to be honest with you. Sterling is somebody that with, with, I think he's obviously in red hot form and I think there will be goals in that game, but I probably against Southampton, it just looks like two nights of fixture for Liverpool. They're good away from home. Um, Southampton, I remember seeing somewhere on, on Twitter that their, their stats last season not good at home so um, so I'd, I'd have to go probably with Salah on that if I was feeling like a bit of a punt for the week um, Dinier's we did mention him earlier on um, I have a good feeling about him they're at home to Watford first home game of the season for Everton could be um, could be a nice game for him to um, to return some attacking returns and maybe get that clean sheet if Watford don't show up again but um, there, that's where my my plans are. Um, as the plans for the week are, um, Mora to Marshall is also, as Marzi mentioned, that is what I'm considering. Um, but I might well just hold that and um, and then see about making making a move with the two free transfers next week. We'll see how we go. Hopefully, there won't be any price changes, and I can uh, and I can basically write it out and then make a decision right before the game week kicks off. Uh, folks, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Um, thank you all for listening. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars05 on Twitter. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, you can find at the Marble Curse. And um, of course, follow our group account at Three Amigos FBL. We hope you've enjoyed listening in. Please like, share, and rate the podcast as it helps us spread our amigo message throughout the FBL world. Thanks as always for your support. Good luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. And remember, hashtag Shisha and Chill. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.